Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Good morning. Hey, uh, my name is Rilani. I'm excited to be here. And I want to tell us this morning that church, it's our time. 252 men. It's our time. Resilient women. It's our time. Because we know who we are. We know who we are. And we know why we're here. 252 men, you know who you are. And you know why you're here, resilient women. We know who we are. And we know why we're here. And so I want to pray. And then we're going to get into it. But I just felt like we needed to hear it again. Church, it's our time. It's our time. Like Andrew said, don't let the word get stolen. Don't let the word get fallen away. Don't let the cares and the worries of the world can let the word be stolen from you. It's our time. It's our time. Father, we thank you. We thank you even now. Let it settle in our hearts that it is our time, that we don't have time to waste because you are calling us to something far greater than we can ever imagine. And so help us lean in today that we may know that we are 252 men, that we are resilient women. Let it settle in our hearts today that this would be our faith and let it be a banner over our lives, God. And for those who do not know you, I pray that even now, something would just stir in their hearts to know, to be curious enough that maybe, just maybe, they too could rise in wisdom and stature and favor, that maybe they too can be resilient and that they too can live out this faith together in a great company of men and women doing it together. We believe that and speak that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for our worship team? Ah, So good. Incredible. Yeah. Hey, so my name's Verlani. Uh, excited to be here because I mentioned I get to oversee our transform groups. And uh, if you don't know what transform groups are, yes, our transform. <laughs> so transform groups are where we help you win in the four major areas of life. It's where we do life outside of a Sunday service. And so if you're not part of a group, hey, I want to invite you now to be a part of one of our groups happening throughout the week. If, you're, if you like to be in church every single day, you can be. It's totally available for you to do. You can do that through our groups. And so our main passage of scripture for today is going to be found in Hebrews 11, uh, verse 3. 
And because we're in a series about faith, I couldn't help but go back to Hebrews 11, which is, talks all about faith. And I hope that it encourages us today as we navigate this life together. It says, through faith, we understand that the, words, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The things that are seen are actually not made of things which do appear. And this is our faith. When we talk about faith and the, the reason why we're in this series is there's this song that Church Life Music has created. And if you're the first time here, you're like, what is that? <laughs> but there's a song that's flowing out of this house that talks about what faith is and we believe expectantly like it's going to be an incredible song that many many will come to sing across the world and as i was i travel for work uh, and i was in milwaukee wisconsin and it's amazing what god will do in wisconsin <laughs> i was watching this movie called the american underdog and it's by this uh, it's the story of kurt warner and he's a football player so i will try not to get too in the weeds about football uh, but if someone can tell me whether or not I should start CMC, my fantasy football league, that would be great. Um, <laughs> um, however, Kurt Warner, this is a great story about him being an undrafted football player. And he goes on to be the first and the only undrafted football player to win a Super Bowl champion and also win uh, an, uh, an arena football. So he did that first uh, championship as well. And so incredible story. Highly recommend you watch the movie. But all throughout the story, he's being told simply that he wasn't good enough that he wasn't fast enough, that he wasn't young enough, that he wasn't strong enough, that he wasn't trusting enough. And I find that in his story, it echoes something in our story, in my story, that at somewhere along the journey, at some point, we have come to believe that maybe we're not good enough. And I want us to almost circumvent that lie for just a second because this is our faith and our time is now, and we have to believe it's not because we're good enough, but because he's good enough. And nevertheless, Kurt Warner, this guy who, this little boy who has this dream of being a football player, he's told that he can't and that he won't and that it's not possible. And I love that the movie, the tagline in it says, life made him an underdog. And that's sometimes that's what happens to us. Life makes us underdogs. Life can make us doubt. Life can make us think second guess what we are meant to do. But then it says this, and I hope that it, it does something in your spirit as I say it. It says, faith made him a champion. Faith made him a champion. See, this will be our focus for today, that this is our faith and it champions us. Because remember, it's, faith is where it doesn't, we don't see it yet right? We see it in a, in, in a certain, in our minds, but we don't see it as it appears. And so when we think about that, it says on that second verse, uh, in that part in the verse, in verse three, it says, um, so the things which are seen were not made of things appear, meaning God, since the beginning of time, was bringing something into existence out of nothing. And that's what faith is. It's believing something when there is nothing knowing something will appear. 
It's out of nothing. It's out, why would we think that we could do X out of nothing? And yet, how it appears is far greater than we can possibly imagine. See, God, when he said, let there be light, there it was. And we didn't have to be in the beginning with God to know that light exists. We see it all around us. See, we don't have to be with Steve Jobs to know that he created the, uh, the Apple organization and the iPhone. We see his creation in everything that we hands hold when it comes to our technology. But there is a gap that when something is spoken and when it actually happens, there's this middle, middle part in our faith. And that is the ground, that is where we wrestle. And I find that because God lives outside of time, sometimes when we say something, sometimes when we see something in our minds, it doesn't happen right away. And why is that? <laughs> I think for Kurt, when I think about his story, all he wanted to do was play football since he was a kid. But when he finished college at the age of 22, nobody wanted him. 32 teams, endless calls, nobody drafted him. And it would take five years before he finally got the opportunity to play in the NFL. Five years of working five years of believing, five years of giving it his best training for a moment that maybe, just maybe, it wouldn't have happened. And yet he believed, he had faith. It's what made him a champion because there is a gap. There is a gap between something in our minds and when it actually happens. And this is where we land. And so for us, we think about my message and what we're gonna talk about. This is our faith, it's in the middle. And so if you haven't taken notes yet, there's the title. It's in the middle. Because the birthplace of faith is found in the absence of what we can see but hasn't happened yet. It's in the void. It's in the middle. This is faith. It's our faith. We get to live it right here, right now. This is why it's our time. Because we get to exercise our faith. Martha Luther King Jr. says that faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. And I think that's important for us. Some of us need to start taking that first step, even if we don't have all the questions, all the answers, even if we don't have all the questions, we have more questions than we have answers. <laughs> we need to start taking that first step. And so what is that for you? What's in the unseen? What's the thing that God has shown you? Or maybe even for those of us who are still wrestling with whether or not you believe in God, what is the thing that all oh, you, you know you're meant to do and it just hasn't happened yet? You know, would you believe that it could still happen even if it takes 10 years, 20 years, five years, three years, or even two days? Maybe it's coming on Tuesday. <laughs> Like Amazon Prime, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Faith shapes us to become who God already says we are. That's what faith does. See, Kurt was already a Super Bowl champion. He was already a champion, sorry, he was already a champion before he won the Super Bowl is what I mean. And you are a champion. 252 men, you are champions. Brazilian women, you are champions. Why? Because it's our faith. It's who is behind our faith who champions us. It's the forerunner, and his name is Jesus. It's the name above every name. It's what we sang, and he stands really tall 
against all of our circumstances, against everything that may come up our way. His name is Jesus. He is the champion of our faith. And he makes us champions because we believe and trust in him. And so in Hebrews 11, we find certain examples of faith that I wanna kinda go through today. And not all these examples are gonna kinda fit in depending on your circumstance, but I hope that one of them like resonates with you. That one of these things would help us to respond about how we should live and exercise our faith in the middle. Because I know for me, I've had to really start to think of, okay God, how have I really been responding? And is it faith? I know you're asking me to do this. I know you're calling me here. This is what it looks like. But am I really responding in faith? Because there is a difference. And so, again, as we explore some of these folks in the Bible, they're people, <laughs> that we get an understanding of maybe what we should do as we live this life out with faith, believing and trusting that this is our faith. Church, our time is now. It's now. Don't let, don't be fooled that we're in October and you're like, oh, I'll wait till 2023. No, no, no. It's now. The time is now. Yeah. You still have, we still have some time left and you can do what God has asked you to do. And so in verse four, as we take through the heroes here of faith, we go with Abel. So Abel's our first example. And it says here, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. It says, by faith, Abel brought. So what are you bringing to your middle? What is the thing that you're bringing to your middle? How? This is our faith. It's in the middle. What are you bringing? Because for Abel, it was an offering that pleased God. And I had to do some digging because I was like, what was it about his offering that caught the attention of God? But it was actually better than the other guy because <laughs> we're all competitive. <laughs> stay, and if you're a first-time guest, stay here long enough so we're competitive, just kind of leaning you in, transforming. <laughs> and so what made it better? And we find in Genesis 4 that Abel brought the first and the best offering but you know the first and the best actually came out of a sacrifice when it comes to Abel's offering the difference what made it better what made it noticeable to God was his sacrifice see he brought an animal sacrifice which meant he had to grow that thing he had to sustain that thing he had to care for that thing protect that thing and then surrender it and then give it up and then offer it up to God as something to say, no, God, because I know who you are. Here's my best. And so sometimes for us, maybe we don't see that God sees our labor. And I want to remind you that he sees what you've been toiling with. He sees what you've been wrestling with. And if he's asking you for it, oh, if we would give it because there's such blessing behind it. See, it says Abel still speaks, even though he is dead and buried. That is his faith and what could be said of us. Yes, yeah, give it up for him. <laughs> We're gonna clap, do it to him. 
And so maybe how we respond as we wait, maybe how we respond in the middle of exercising our faith is how we sow into it. How we sow into it. Maybe some, well, I don't know what you're believing God for. I don't know what God has told you, but what would it look like for you to sow into it? Because we can't receive if we don't sow. So maybe that is the barrier to getting to where God is appearing, where their faith is starting to show and manifest itself. Maybe we need to sow. And that might be for someone today. Our second example is we're going to take a look of Enoch. Someone say Enoch. I had to do some digging on Enoch because I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and he somehow he manages to find himself in Hebrews 11. Uh, and so Enoch, for some just context here, he ends up being in the descendants of Seth. Seth is the son of Adam and Eve. So if you think about it, Cain kills Abel, right? So he's gone. No, no descendants there. <laughs> and then Cain is banished. And God in his redemptive plan was like, you know what? Well, you're going to have another child, and he's going to make things okay. And so Seth comes out of Adam and Eve, and then we have Enoch, who comes out of the line of Seth. And in verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And I have to ask, like, how? What's, what's, what's the thing here? And in verse 6, it tells us, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who seek him. See, by faith, Enoch was taken up. And we find that Enoch walked closely. To God. It was his walk that made an impression on who God is. We can please God when we're close to him. Uh, Pastor Miriam said this a while ago, when we follow at a distance, oh, if we're setting ourselves up to be taken out, to allow the cares and the things of the world to get in between what God wants to do in our lives. And so when we find Enoch, I love it, in Genesis 5, it tells us that he walked faithfully with God for 300 years. 300 years he walked faithfully with God. And what's encouraging for me is that he actually lived to 365, which means that maybe 65 of those years in between might have been some low moments. <laughs> so it don't have to be perfect, it's fine. <laughs> but 300 years he walked faithfully with God and he had so pleased God that he would not allow Enoch to experience the pain of death. He would just, he was so close, he wanted him, he took him, and that was it. Maybe for some of us, an encouragement for some of us who've been faithful, who've been walking, maybe God has spared you, has spared you from some of the things that you thought you wanted because you're walking faithfully and you're doing the right thing, even though it's hard, you're putting him first, even though it's difficult. That is Enoch. I can't imagine there are times where he had to consistently choose God first. And he did it for 300 years, and God spared him of pain. And so maybe that is us today, that maybe if we walked closely, we walked faithfully, that God can spare us. Our pain in the middle, it doesn't mean it's not hard. It just means that we have to continue to trust and to stay close to him. 
The next person I want to take is Noah. And we're going, okay, we're good. We're still good on time, which is great. <laughs> so we're on with Noah, our third character here in the Bible. And it says in verse 7, by faith, Noah, he being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for saving the for saving the house the, for the saving of his household and by this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith see for noah it was his obedience god said it he believed it and that settles it that's what pastor mike murphy told us a couple weeks ago he believed what god said now for context here uh, Noah didn't know what an ark was. Nobody did. <laughs> so God gave him some instructions, built this, and he gave him like, hey, it's got to be this cubic feet, so all this other stuff. And he went to town and he built it. And he didn't know what a flood was. He didn't know what rain was. That wasn't a thing. So like, you're like building something that you don't know for whatever reason. And guess how, and again, getting curious about Noah, because I was like, okay, he said yes, that's cool. Like he went and he obeyed and he did it. But like, how long does it take to build an ark, right? Because that's something that happens to us in the middle of our faith. Sometimes we start to ask, how long? For how long? How long do I have to do this? How long do I have to be here? How long? How long does it have to, how long do I have to stay here, in this place, in this moment, in this job, in this, like what, how long? And for Noah, he built the ark. He was building the ark for close to a hundred years. A hundred years of building something that he had no concept of, no concept of for an event that it could have, like maybe it would have happened, right? You're like, okay, you're asking me to build a hundred years. And he consistently and faithfully did it. And then I know for some of us, a hundred years is a long time. And maybe we have stopped building. God has asked you to build upon the word he gave you. God has asked you to build upon the dream. See, for Kurt Warner, in those five years, he still played football. It just wasn't in the NFL. He played in the arena league. He played, he played everywhere that he allowed to play. He still woke up in the morning, trained like a football player, ate like a football player. He did everything that he needed to do because he wanted to play. And for some of us, maybe it's taken too long and we've said, I'm just going to sit right here and just wait. And I want to tell you that maybe it's time to build again. And maybe it's time to maybe rebuild. Yeah. Maybe in our frustration, we've torn, down, we've torn down the thing that God's actually asked us to build. And so maybe it's time to build it again. It's time to put God in his place again. It's, to, it's time to take the dream off the shelf where it's collecting cobwebs and it's starting to put it focused again and say, God, I'll, I'll go to work again. I'll do it again because you've asked me to. That's what Noah did. And so in times of great transition, I've always prayed this prayer because I sense it in my spirit even now as we transition this. We have just, oh, what's coming for our church is so significant. And I always say, Lord, prepare me for what you're preparing me for. 
Because that means, that means that some people may have to go as he prepares me. That means some circumstances, some situations, they got to get resolved. I got to pay off some debt. I got to do some things in order to prepare myself for what I'm being prepared for. And that is important for us. So when, what are you building? Is the question in the middle of your faith, as we exercise it, what is that that you're building? And so lastly here with, I can't talk about faith without talking about Abraham. He's like the father of faith. Like that's the guy. (laughs) And in verse eight, it says this, it says, by an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes. And maybe for us, as we exercise our faith in the middle, it may be saying yes. See, Abraham's yes to God, he had to say yes. It required so much of him to say yes. But before he could go, he had to say yes. And for us, may the word of the year for our church, if you've been with us for a while, you know that it's go. Uh, But for those who are joining us who haven't been with us for a while, every year we have a vision word that we rally around as a church, and that is go. And I want to tell you, don't believe the lie that that you don't have to go anymore, that you've already gone. (laughs) There is still time left in this year for you to go. So where haven't you gone yet? That might be the question for some of us. Where is there still somewhere where I need to go? Because before we can go, maybe you haven't said yes yet. And that for us is important. If this is our faith, then we must say yes. And I think that's important for us. There we are. I feel like we're in this like 200 meter curve. I used to run track, so I think of like you're turning the curve and you're just about to sprint to the end of the year. In football terms, you're at the 30 yard line with three downs to go and you know you're close. You can see the touchdown line. (laughs) Abraham, because our yes, Abraham's yes, called him out of his comfort. His yes, called him out of what he knew, out of what was familiar. And for some of us, that might be difficult. There you, and you might be here, but you don't know what's happened. Oh, but I do. I do. Oh, I know that God is doing something in your heart. And maybe for some of us, it's to say yes. Because Abraham's yes, through the one yes of Abraham, God founded an entire nation an entire nation, the nation of Israel that we know it today, by one man's yes. So what will your yes do? What will your yes do for your family? What will your yes do for the people you work with? What will your yes do for generations to come? The Jewish nation we know it as today was from one man's yes. I'll go. I don't know where I'm going, but I'll go. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like, but I'll go. And for some of us, maybe we're asking those questions. God, how? How are you going to do it? Where are you going to show? Where? How long? And maybe it's yes. Maybe we need to say yes. Because this is the best part 
of saying yes and we find this in second corinthians chapter 1 verses 20 through 22 and this is the apostle paul and he tells us whatever god has promised whatever whatever god has promised gets stamped with the yes of jesus in him this is what we preach and pray the great amen god's yes and our yes together gloriously evident god affirms us making us a sure thing in christ putting his yes within us by his spirit he stamped us with his eternal pledge a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete can i tell you today you are not alone in your yes you don't travel alone in your yes god is with you and abraham stood this understood this well that it didn't matter where he was going he had god and that was what he needed for the journey that is what he needed for 2023. And some of us need that revelation that no matter what, no matter where, no matter how, yes, God, I'll go. Yes, I'll do. Yes, I'll serve. Yes, I'll join a transform group. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to get in community sometimes, but yes. And so he picked up his belongings, his family, and he went, and as he went, God guided him. And I love that the Apostle Paul tells us that Jesus affirms our yes with God's yes. And that it's by the Holy Spirit that we carry that yes today. And so as we exercise our faith in the middle, because it's in the middle, have you said yes? Because that's important. Before you can do anything, maybe you just haven't said yes. And so as I start to close, this is our faith. It's in the middle. It's in the middle. This is where God wants to provide. It's in the middle. It's where God wants to show up. It's in the middle. It's where God wants to heal. It's in the middle. It's where God wants to restore, redeem. It's in the middle. It's where God wants to pray. Like It's where God wants to do all these things. It's where we get the job. It's where we get the house. It's where we get the promotion. It's not one day when it's in the middle. It's where the miracle happens. It's where the breakthrough comes. It's in the middle. I don't know what the middle looks like for you today, but will you say yes? Because if you're here today and I believe that God is calling all of us, one way, shape, or form. But specifically, maybe it's to give your life, to commit to Jesus, and we'll get to that in a second. But maybe it's just deciding, I'm just gonna continue to be faithful. Maybe it's just, I'm gonna continue to build and start to rebuild that which I've torn down. What does it look like for you to continue on this journey of faith and to give your yes to the hands of a man named Jesus, who in him, everything is made right. In him, it all makes sense. Because he cares about our yes, it's his, it's, he affirms our yes. And with God and our yes together, oh, what we can do for the glory of God. Even though you don't see it yet, because that's what faith is. 
It's in the unseen, and it eventually appears not the way we might have thought, but far better if we allow God in it. And so I hope you know that your yes has power. And that as we pray in, in just a moment, I pray that God will show you again what that thing is that you've been believing for, that maybe you've forgotten about. Maybe that someone spoke to you when you were like 12. Like they're in the, and there's this part in the movie where uh, Kurt Warner's wife goes, you know, I was in church when I was growing up and this, old, this older lady passes through me and she just points with me and she says, there's something special about you. God wants to do something through your life. And she goes to Kurt, she's like, do you know that I had the audacity to believe her? And I wanna tell you today that God wants to do something special. There is something special about you, it's your faith. It's what distinguishes us as believers, it's our faith. Have the audacity to believe that he can, that he will, that he's able to do exceedingly above and beyond what you can imagine. This is the God we serve. And so I'm gonna invite our church to pray. So with every eye closed and with every head bowed as a church family, I want to repeat a prayer, but especially for those who wanna say yes to Jesus, be it for the first time or even just to say, okay, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to walk. I'm coming back to build. I'm coming back. Oh, would you acknowledge that with the raising of your hand in just a second? And so with that, hey, let's pray as a church. Father God, yeah, Father God, thank you for loving me. I say yes to you. I say yes to Jesus. I ask for your forgiveness then that you come into my life. Have your way. Amen and amen. And if you said that for the first time, or if you're making that decision to come on back, would you raise your hand for me? Just a sign of surrender. Yes, I see that hand right there. I see those hands in the back there. I see that hand. Yes, I see you in the middle there. I see you, sir. I see you there, ma'am. I see you in the back there. Yes, amen. Amen, thank you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you are good and you are faithful to do exactly what you've promised for us. And we believe that our yes with your yes can do something far greater than we can possibly imagine. We pray and believe for your people today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.